Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. This morning in my meditation, I heard Buckminster Fuller's question. Here it is. How do we make the world work for 100% of humanity in the shortest possible time through spontaneous cooperation without ecological offense or disadvantage of anyone? I pondered the question, sat with that idea and wrote about it. And then I thought of our guest today, my mentor and friend, a way shower, cosmic steward, planetary healer, wise elder, and an all-in advocate for the beautiful, healthy world we depend on. These are my words to describe our guest today. Wait until you hear his bio. His list of accomplishments are so inspiring. So, how do we make the world work for everyone? How do we nurture a co-creative culture? And how do we evolve consciously? I invite you to take a few deep breaths, open your mind and heart, and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. In 1972, Makasha Roski co-founded World Family and has been a principal focalizer for international festivals and link-ups for world peace including World Day Invocation or World Invocation Day festivals, the John Lennon Tribute, Harmonic Convergence, Campaign for the Earth, and the Children's Torch of Hope. In addition, he was a key supporter for the first Earth Run, Live Aid event, and Birth 2012. Through entrepreneurial ventures and nonprofit organizations, Makasha has been instrumental in shifting, shifting consciousness in the areas of social investing, conscious commerce, health and nutrition, gentle birthing, integral education, and conscious media. His devotion to the younger generations has fueled his co-founding and contributing over the past three decades to the growth of his family his family's youth organization, Earth Guardians. Makasha is the father of eight, grandfather of 24, and great-grandfather of 24. As a guardian of the new dream, he is passionately committed to whole systems transformation and midwiving a co-creative planetary culture in service to the well-being of all life. Welcome back, dear Makasha. Thank you, Julie. It's an honor to be on your show and to be acknowledged. I was going, as you were speaking, I I, I looked at it and heard all these beautiful, you know, just taking in what you were sharing about what I've done on the, you know, in my life here going now 83 years old and uh, just, just feeling, well, who is this, you know, that has all you know this incredible resume i would say looking from the outside but uh yet to be here julie is just such an honor to be able to you know still be able to contribute to the conscious evolution and the and the field that we're building as collective around the world of love made manifest in time space 
continuum and caring together for all life. And uh, so thank you. Thank you for that intro. Appreciate mm -hmm. it. You're welcome. And that that piece, I'm going to I'm going to invite you to reflect a little bit on that career a little bit later in the show, because I do have a question. I want to ask you about that. But um, thanks for allowing me to describe you with my favorite words, because you're like my favorite person on the planet. So it was <laughs> oh, so easy to do that. So, Makasha, instead of my traditional first question, you've been here several times and I want to mix things up a bit. Because you have a gift of bringing us into resonance and coherence. Your beautiful words and voice quickly drop our awareness into wholeness, into our wholeness. So would you mind opening us with an attunement and really landing our show's theme, All Things Connected? I, it, it would be a wonderful way to begin our conversation. And I know you just bringing us into this moment with that theme, All Things Connected would be really special for all of our listeners. Great. Okay, thank you, Julie. And uh, let's everybody take a deep breath. Uh, just uh, as I speak to it, resting in this holy moment of the now. And as we feel the grace of love that has carried us on the great wings of the great spirit and the great mystery of time space we say thank you and living in gratitude and thanksgiving is the grace that we're given and i want to invite us into that into our own reflections our own lives that brings that element of love and connection together it is stimulated by the spirit's muse itself so as we breathe together, breathing means conspiring. We're here as a devotional expression of the great spirit of however we perceive, you know, God, God is all that is. And to be honored, to be embodied at this time, give our bodies and our, just our hearts, the love that it needs to be able to recognize you know, the, the, the beauty of life itself that we're spiraling in. So as we breathe deeply into that knowing, we give thanks to the Great Spirit, thanks to that that has created us, for that that is guiding us in this evolutionary journey that we're all on together. Give such thanks. Aho. Mm. Aho. Thank you. I knew that would be a perfect way to begin our conversation, and I know a treat for our listeners. So, Makasha, you heard um, me quote Bucky a minute ago, and the, the, the quote being, how do we make the world work for 100% of humanity in the shortest possible time? There's a little bit more I'll drop in in a second, but I, I trust your wisdom and guidance. I want to ask a two-part question related to Buckminster Fuller's quote. First, um, how do we make the world work for 100% of humanity in the shortest amount of time? No pressure here. <laughs> My gosh, it's a big question. No pressure, but how do we make the world work for a hundred percent of humanity? Well, that that is a, a big question, Julia. It's uh, how do we, I, I was at uh, Bucky's 89th birthday up in Aspen with John Denver, 
you know, way back. And, uh, and Bucky is one of my mentors. Uh, he, he, he brought that, those statements and how to really have everybody, you know, fed in the world and the resources were all here. And he also taught me about trim tabbing and trim tabbing is what is emergent. And he would say, you know, when, when the, the ship is moving, you know, and it needs to turn, there's a trim tab like in a boat, you know, where you're steering the boat or the aircraft carrier or whatever. But he, he would, he would say, we got to turn it that way, uh, uh, you know, as a, into this deeper understanding of resources and and a way to steward them in a way that uh, supports the whole rather than so everybody gets their needs met. But you know, there's so many different, I would say, uh, ways to proceed this. Uh, you know, first of all, I, w- I want to say that I I really feel deeply, and I've you know instilled this also. In, in our kids and our youth organizations so we don't polarize the field of energy in relationship to right or wrong. What we do is we go out and build. That's what I got and woke up in 50 years ago as a producer in Vegas and Hollywood and all these things. And I woke up and saw starvation and opulence. And it would really, really guided me out of, uh, by the experience I was having was beyond the illusion of separation. So I was revealed to me that we're all children of the creator. So anyway, I, the question, you know, that you propose uh, around Bucky and sharing a little bit of my history with Bucky and a lot of his guidance has led us into, you know, a, a, a new paradigm thinking, you know, in terms of resources and that. But it, the question that you're proposing is is a question that is, you know, probably on, on the minds of everybody. But there's that shift of polarities, you know, from, you know, like with our Earth Guardians. Uh, I even though we're activists and we're in 60 uh, countries around the world with teams and so on, I try to instill with with the youth is you can point the finger, you know, at you know the, the, the what seems to be the dominator or uh, guiding guiding us, but you know show 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 the way, but keep your heart open so that the love that we want to build can hold all of that. Uh, I don't know, Julie, if, if that uh, can you ask me more questions around that? Tip? Yeah, I love that response right there, Makasha. Show the way, but keep your heart open. I love that. Um, I do want to. I want to ask you a part two of that that same quote with Bucky, but I want to just pause and let you reflect a little bit more on the polarity, because many people looking out at at mainstream media are looking at a polarized world right now and and you mentioned how do we avoid polarizing the field and i'm wondering how do we avoid polarizing the field in today's milieu with with so much happening there's so much change happening but it's misinterpreted a lot of the times yeah yeah well you know just going into that at a deeper level you know you start to realize that uh, the work isn't outside it's inside and we're going through a deep metamorphosis process as a species and as a human race. 
And as we come up against these, uh, like Barbara would say, you know, the crisis is the, you know, evolutionary driver. You know, the the crisis comes and proceeds our uh, awakening. And we're right in the biggest transition based on ancient understandings of the yuga of epochs, you know, through Steiner and and uh, so on. But, you know, these long-term, we, we're trying to not react, but to act. In other words, shifting reaction and shame and blame and guilt to opening the heart and not reacting. But we were told, and I was told years ago when I started uh, having my mystical experiences that uh, it's not out there, you know, and this was it came through a lot with uh, Steiner, with Rudolf Steiner, and you understand he, he uh, behind the Waldorf vision, uh, Waldorf schools all over the world now. He was a clairvoyant. And uh, and what he said is to, uh, in, in the philosophy that that a part of ourselves that needs to be transformed is an inside process because the collective psyche is in us all. And it's how we deal with that in relationship to alchemizing, you know, the separation, knowing that the only place to go and then the guidance, of course, in our lives, Mama, Mama Cat and myself has been following that for the last 50 years. We didn't react. We reacted and we, we want to build a new, uh, a way of being in relationship to all of that so that love is the key uh, energetic that allows us to open our hearts into what we re- need now, which is so much compassion, so much love and caring respect. Those values, you know, that have been, you know, in, in many traditions, you know, love thy neighbor as thyself, you know, seek ye first, and all these things shall be given unto you. How many people do that in a polarized reality, mm. you know, to really honor that uh, deeper understanding of the the subtle levels that we're working on? So I would say, you know, for people that are listening, you know, is there's a element of following our guidance, and it's always checking the motive of where my guidance is coming from. So when I make decisions, they're actually for the benefit as as Julie would say of the whole, the, you know, every, every, you know, when I co-founded the venture capital company, you know, we knew we were creating a social portfolio. So we had financial gain, culture gain, ecological gains, social gains, spiritual gains. And we're looking through the, the, the window of seven generations. How will this impact seven generations? So on one level, it's, esoteric it's uh evolving us i believe we're very much guided uh as this unfolding pandemic has taken us into more polarization but also there's a positive side that's bringing us closer together so uh, you know with with uh, that in mind you know uh we've created hummingbird uh, you know, our living centered last 25 years to ground a whole systems model for the future generations. And, uh, and, and uh, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing here with workshops and seminars to really educate the young ones, you know, with the tools to be able to navigate 
the this evolutionary wave that we're in. And uh, so it, it takes that kind of deep passion, but it also takes deep responsibility to uh, go inward to clear up and, and to know that love and compassion is the way through the eye of the needle. I really appreciate that, Makasha, of talking about the love and the the love is the key energetic and the compassion and the respect. And and you, you mentioned that the work isn't outside, it's inside. And many are projecting a sense of urgency right now. It's like the urgency of whole systems change and conscious evolution. We have to hurry up before a certain date or else. And then there's <clears throat> these teachers who are teaching patience and trust and, and knowing are that deeper guidance, understanding that the impulse of evolution is working through all of us. So what would you say to those that are are really pushing the agenda with urgency? We have to hurry and get A, B, and C done by a certain time. Yeah, well, there's a, a deep understanding that I you know, garnered many, many years ago, and that is uh, – uh, we could look at the uh, uh, the yin and yang. We understand that the yin and the yang uh, of creation. When 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 we're focused on the egoic illusion of separation, and we come from that, we create what they would say in the Indian tradition, karma. It's not good or bad. It's a mirror that reflects back when we make decisions out of that illusion of separation and trying to make it happen. So we're out of breath. So what I do is encourage and, uh, you know, people to breathe because it's a feminine quality to step back inside and, and breathe into that. That slows the larger pattern down. We can't push it. You know, we can, but it's not the way that we do it. We, we rest in the field and we rest into what's emergent and what's emergent is to be able to align with the force that is moving us rather than resisting on an egoic level because ego will take us into the illusion of separation of loss and gain. And when you're in loss and gain, you make decisions out of that loss and gain matrix. So you're reinforcing that pattern. And the pattern that we're really in now in the economic world is the bottom line realities of loss and gain. It's a strong one. So there's a deep... Uh, teaching to go inward uh, at that level and be able to allow for uh, the emergence and the guidance. So it's 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 a sadhana on on a certain level of really managing oneself in terms of finding that balance and not being out there beating the drums and and trying to change and fix and hurry up. We don't have time. I mean, if you study evolution, we got all the time in the world. We're <laughs> in one of the biggest transitions that we've ever been in, in relationship to culture. And so it's a new epoch that we're in. So how do we, how do we really come into stewarding that understanding in the midst of how we're being impacted with so much fear, you know, yeah. through, the, through the, the media. And I would say, Get out of the media. You look at it, you polarize, you focus. There's an enemy rather than let's go inside and take care of that that is projecting, you know, that illusion. And let's, you know, come together in a way that allows us to be uplifted and inspired and quickened with our families. The gathering time is now. You know, the lone wolf is over as many 
of the great teachers have said, we are here. We are here now. Find your family. Find your who, who, who you are attracted to to work in co-creation that inspires and uplifts and have a lot of fun. Mm, I love that. Your your words co-create. I want to I want to just drop this in and presence this now because um, in Bucky's quote he had said um, he he suggested through spontaneous cooperation and this reminds me of our evolutionary spiral that literally as a species what what biology is teaching us is that we're evolving toward a species that organizes itself around cooperative communities that care for all life. And when I, when I think of that, this is a a quote from um, Elizabeth Satoris of, you know, really that we're organizing ourselves around cooperative communities that care for all life. It reminds me of co-creation and a co-creative culture. So what does spontaneous cooperation mean to you? And then just say more about moving into a cooperative, co-creative culture. Wow. Uh, I would say that uh, if you could rephrase that one more time, just to give me, I couldn't quite catch all of it that you're asking. Yeah, it was a big. I it was a big question, Makasha, and I'm I'm just thinking when I hear that phrase from Bucky about spontaneous cooperation, it reminds me of who we are to be as a culture. And you are an advocate right. of of a co-creative culture. So, what does all that mean to mm-hmm. you? Is is how do we? You've done this successfully, Makasha. You've created smaller communities. Hummingbird is a perfect example. How do we scale this up and really evolve into this co-creative culture that's before us? Well, I think I think what we're talking about is self-organizing systems. In other words, the elements that are being coordinated, you know, are co-creative in the dynamic. It has to be co-creative because we're interrelated, interconnected with all life. Yeah. Uh, it's just how how we're really holding, you know, the uh, awareness. And with that awareness, how do we really uh, understand that there is a self-organizing of just like within the body, you know, of communities that are emerging all over the world that are more, uh, I would say more co-creative in the sense that we're dropping the dominator model. You know, dominator model is so prevalent in our society. And uh, it's that loss and gain frequency that I speak to. So uh, when like Hummingbird, we've been here because we were guided to come in and say, let's, let's, let's go live it. Let's not just you know, a co-creative model of a whole system from conscious birthing to conscious dying. How do we really hold that? And and it, the self-organizing, if you're aware, and you're not trying to make it happen, the circle is the key uh, vision for that because the circle becomes then the teacher and it's not a guru model that is uh, that we're surrendering to. What we're doing is stepping into our alignment, my own, our own and we're finding those that resonate with each other to fulfill our karmic destiny in life and to set a new pattern and a new model for future generations. 
to be able to be seen, to be heard. And a hummingbird was, uh, of course, the sunlight children of uh, the marvelous dawn was about our vision, Catherine, my wife, and I, and around these children that are coming in now to have safe places where they can be seen and land. And we co-created Earth Guardians and Waldorf School in Boulder. And But th- those are the tools of coming together and unifying with with the heart. Mm. And all of that around self-organizing. Thank you, Makasha. That was a brilliant response. Yeah. And it is time to take a break. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. After this break, we'll be back with so much more wisdom and guidance from Makasha Roski. We'll be right back. listening to empower radio an entire radio station devoted to your personal development expanding your conscious awareness and empowering positive change meet our hosts and listen online at empowerradio.com on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, stitcher radio or itunes or download the empower radio app for your smartphone or tablet it's free in the app store and it lets you listen to our shows and podcasts on demand empowering people empowering change empower radio online at empowerradio.com Let's go, guys. Hey, did you guys know that kids who play sports earn more money when they grow up? Of course. I I knew that. Hey, did you guys know that kids who read books have a bigger vocabulary? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow, jinx. <laughs> did you guys know that friendly children have more friends? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's true. I knew that. Did you guys know that winter babies are better at music? Everyone knows that. Oh, yeah? yeah. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. obvious. Oh, hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? Huh, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure I knew that. I'm pretty sure you didn't. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I want to thank my mommy for loving me so much, for taking me out to the park, for reading me books, for taking me to the doctor when I broke my foot in ballet rehearsal, for leaving me alone when I wanted to be alone. And And now, as a grown-up... I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom, for having the chance to take you to the park, for reading you those books we enjoy so much, for being able to take you to your therapies after you twisted your ankle, for understanding that sometimes you simply want to be alone. Roles change without us noticing. And in your new role, we help you help. Visit aarp.org caregiving to get practical health and wellness tips to provide even better care for your loved one. Remember, visit aarp.org caregiving. AARP, we help you help. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. 
Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Mm. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com. Also, if you're interested in literally creating the conscious change that Makasha and I are talking about right here, right now, become a way shower, become a change agent and make those connections that inspire and accelerate our collective awakening. You can stay connected every week with my newsletter where you'll find meaningful content, opportunities and inspiration. Sign up for that at juliecrawlemail.com. Again, that's juliecrawlemail.com. And you can learn more about Makasha and all of his work at, I'm going to send you to two websites. The first one, Hummingbird tlc.org that's hummingbirdtlc.org and a very special place to go I'm going to encourage you to check out Makasha and his wife Catherine on Patreon go to patreon.com backslash Roskies R-O-S-K-E-S and take in some of the sweet nectar of, of Makasha's wisdom there so, Makasha, right before the break, you were giving some examples that I was just going, yes, yes, yes. So, one of my, one of the things I love and admire about you is your ability to be so cosmic-minded and yet practically grounded with every breath and every step. You, you assimilate vast cosmic multidimensional intelligence and you have the ability to translate it into real how-to steps, real pragmatic advice and living instructions. So, mm, yes, your work began decades ago, and I literally can feel the significance of what you began working on in the 60s and how that's contributed to our evolution today on the planet. So, Let's begin this second half with what advice you might give way showers today about the significance of their work, how to make a difference, and the energetic transmission of pure aligned intention. Like, what would you say to young way showers who really want to make an impact on the planet just like you? I would say, you know, there's just many ways to, to look into those questions, Julie. Uh, but I would say that the deepest understanding is to understand that we're an evolutionary species, that we are in movement. You know, we are in the mystery, and that's how come I can look at it that way, because I know, you know, that we're in conscious evolution. There's an evolutionary pattern that we're part of, and it's just like, how do we bring, you know, the skills that we've been raised with to be able to bring it into you know, formation on the earth to be able to steward through our own awareness what we're being guided as more, I would say, around soul purpose, not personality, but that that's part of it. But, you know, the soul activation, you know, where are we going? It's like people say, well, how do we join Hummingbird? Well, Hummingbird has its own attractor state, so we're not out trying to market it, but we have a whole system looking at healthcare, looking at all the different uh, systems to birthing. We've done a lot of work in underwater birthing. We understand that uh, the key, one of the key elements 
is our children and our focus on the children of those that are coming in now. Now, in, in the context of the larger, you know, how do we really navigate this loss and gain frequency is an inside looking at when we polarize, there's not enough, we reinforce that illusion of separation from spirit. So, uh, you know, I think it's, it's value-oriented. It's like I was at the United Nations with Shuteskot, uh, uh, and uh, he was doing a keynote speech there, and I was chaperoning him. He was 14 years old, and and he had been out there in the, in the shifting of uh, climate change. He uh, just really devoted, you know, to... Uh, to to the mother to the, the environment and I we were in the hotel right in uh, Times Square and where all the lights are flashing and everything is going off and you know the sexual the glamour money buy 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 and I called a desk out over the window and I said you see this and I he's looking out the window wondering what grandpa's saying and uh and having him look at but i said this is the poison of the world Mm. that needs to be alchemized for the evolution of life in other words it's like homeopathy you know you take small doses we used to keep try to keep our kids away we turned off the tv for for 40 years without i mean that was a guidance take your children out of school their shame institutions turn off the television, they enculturate your children. And so that's when we started into the rebirthing and birthing our own children and grandchildren. And so we, we know that there's a, a, a way that parents can really access. It's not about throwing the baby out with a bath or being so out there that you can't ground in this reality, but really having the values, I would say, you know, of love and compassion and making those decisions that we're making, not out of just a loss and gain frequency, but out how does it serve the next seven generations? And if we do that, no matter what field that anyone is in, you know, whether it's healthcare or whatever, you know, you, you can actually access a deeper pattern that is emergent within our collective psyche and our collective evolution. And so when we see that, we address it in joy and happiness, and that becomes a great force to stay joyous and happy. And, and uh, you know, we, we have one of our principles, the last principle is no fun, no do. Mm-hmm. And we always say, that's our guru is no fun, no do. But you got to have fun doing what you're doing, and yet it's a loss. Got, we got to understand we're right in the middle of a transition that is so big. From, from that dominator model to a co-creative model because it's a circular model. And, and I think that's evolutionary. That's way down the road because we have a tendency to contract when we feel not enough. And, and we lose connection with spirit when we feel we don't have enough. Well, that's that paradigm of we really have to take ourselves, uh, make money, buy a car, do all of that, and then we get in that trap. And then we have to make those decisions, but, you know, it's, it's like a, uh, a choice that one makes at any given time of how, how does it, you know, in support the family? How does it, uh, what we do create culture and what is the culture and what are the values 
and what are our agreement fields that we anchor to create a new world. Mm. That that was brilliant. Makasha, you answered the question by ex- demonstrating the question and everything I said about you, you, you took the, the deeper evolutionary patterns and helped us bring it right into real life and anchor it into a real practical steps. And as you were looking out the window with Chutescott in New York City, I was imagining that and, and I was thinking, well, how do we alchemize the poisons? And then you went on to to really answer that for each of us listening, that we get to do what's right in front of us. That's what's ours to do, is to mm-hmm. listen to that pattern and do what's ours right in front of us. That was that was powerful. Thank you, Makasha. So mm-hmm. you you've talked about these patterns of loss and gain, and I love to hear you talk about time is money versus time is art. So one of your passion topics is sacred economics. And I want to give you some time and open this up for you to really dig into that topic here. Um, so for that, if, if, um, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to ask you, Makasha, to just share what, what does sacred, what is sacred economics in you, from your point of view? And, how can that be an evolutionary um, driver for us if we're looking toward all of this change on the pattern, these shifts? Sacred economics is, is an important one. It's a big one. So tell us about sacred economics. Well, <clears throat> I, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Sacred economics to me is understanding that, you know, it was like after we did this John Lennon tribute in 1981, Julie, we, uh, Mama Cat and I were guided into Death Valley for an eight-day vision quest. And we had put all of our resources in this stadium event we were putting on uh, in Boulder, Colorado, at a year after John Lennon was assassinated. And so we catalyzed it globally, give peace a chance, uh, and, and you know, his famous song, Give Peace a Chance, and, you know, everybody know, knows that. Well, out, out of that, we I went into Death Valley for this vision class, and we were really, you know, having a hard time because we just blew all, put everything we had into, and we have a tendency to do that. And, uh, and when, on the fourth day of the vision class, I was uh, told inwardly, find out how money works on the planet and bring it back to the mother. And I was resistant because I had been a businessman before I had my awakening. And I was out there in the world with my Lincolns and Cadillacs and then became a producer in Vegas. And I was in that glamour field, you know, of trying to be somebody and, uh, and everybody trying to be somebody. And, and out of that understanding, I was told inwardly that I had let go of everything. And I was told to live is to give, to share is to care. Love is the deity of all life. There is no beginnings and there are no ends. There's just now forever and ever and ever. Go share that with your family and your communities. And and I, it was such powerful experience that I had the courage to step out of that paradigm and that's what led me out of there. And I'm writing a whole book on this sacred economics. And in 1974, we were creating an uh, international 
uh, with Alice Bailey's work in Dwal Kul, who's a Tibetan channel, uh, this international event that she spoke to, which was World Invocation Day, and had very, uh, I would say, spiritual elements to it. You know, there was a Gemini full moon, and, and we brought all these uh, folks together, teachers from India and all over, about 50, looking at human unity and diversity. But uh, the ec- the ec- economics of it was really, uh, we just had to raise money. But I had this experience where <clears throat> uh, in about the second day in the four-day festival, uh, a, a, a brother came up to me and he said there was a woman meditating up on his property in Montana and she was told that there was going to be an event and she was to write a check uh, for $10,000. And he hands me that check and tells me this story and I went, boom, I had a revelation that there was something else organizing the field. So this, in other words, there's there's a nonlinear element, not just the loss and gain of you do this, I get this, you know, or or whatever. And that turned my attention to the biblical that I had heard, seek ye first the kingdom and all these things shall be given unto you. And I don't like to talk about I don't, I have a little hesitation to talk about because it, it sounds like it's Christian. But what I was in was a path of synthesis which is integral in a metamorphic understanding of our evolution as a species. We're right at the great cusp point, uh, be, uh, ready to become butterflies, you know, not excluding the cultures that came before, but including them, as Wilbur would say, uh, including them and in transcending so we get to a path of understanding that we're one family here. And that's why I had the motto in 1972, I was guided to create a church, and I did, called World Family. And the byline was nobody had to join because everybody belonged. And and, and people would try to categorize, uh, uh, are you Christian? Are you, and would say, yeah, are you Buddhist? Yeah. You know, uh, because we are. I mean, that, that sense of connection. I'm, you know, just using some of this... Uh, understanding but and we've had this i'm writing a book on it with with mama cat and be to give people hope that there is if we go more vertical more to surrender to the great spirit the more that we are in our power will attract the needs that we get and one of the songs of one of my kids you get what you need when you need it there's more to life than meets the eye and uh you know with that understanding it allows us to tap into uh you know the different levels of that awareness to find our our vocation of destiny so to speak and sacred economics is part of that it's a circulatory system it's just out of whack based on the dominator model and the capitalistic model that we're playing in and how do we do that uh, joyfully? And how do we do that as we're in transition? Not about making wrong or right. It's about really how do we navigate it when we, because then we become stewards of that that comes towards us, and it, it, it creates abundance and and uh, for for everybody. If we're looking out and we are one, and like you you say, Julie, the illusion of separation, getting beyond the illusion 
and that everybody is my brother and sister, you know, everywhere. And we are interrelated, interconnected. We're spinning at a thousand miles an hour through space, 14 billion years of evolution, and we're here on this earth having this conversation on this radio show. And it just kind of blows my mind and, and reminds me of the quickening of the alchemical journey we're on. And if we can harness that with each other in love and compassion and not comparisons or ideologies or religions or whatever, I think we're going to go to a whole nother understanding of how the butterfly really goes through the metamorphic process as an organic meta- metaphor for our evolution as a species. Makasha, mm. just listening to you um, talking about that alchemical process, going vertical, like the vocation of destiny. There's so many like yummy words in there and phrases. And what I just heard from you was really a powerful demonstration of the word co-creation. The, the, the literally a living example because your, your wife, Catherine Roski, co-wrote a book with Carolyn Anderson called The Co-Creator's Handbook. And the definition of co-creation isn't just that we get together and cooperate or collaborate. You, you really demonstrated that when you say, let's go vertical. Let's really listen to source, mm-hmm. that higher guidance, and then work with others who are attuned to that too. And this is an exciting time to really create that co-creative culture where we listen to that. We go vertical, we listen and attune to that. And then we Mm -hmm. join with others um, to really synergize that. Yeah. Do you want to say more about, about that? Well, Julie, I think, you know, what we're talking about with Jan and 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 Jelly, in relationship to that, how we came together was out of resonance. It wasn't out we were looking for. It was all of a sudden it was in the field, and the field was actually bringing us together to, you know, uh, cre- create our initiatives that were aligned towards together for a larger impact on the collective level of the awakening, mm-hmm. especially around the codes and and the water that we're you know building the laws around. I mean, so we got what we got. We got to know how we're going to manage, you know, the those aspects uh, of our nature that you know really grounds us into, you know, that co-creative field that is guiding us. And that's a hard one to because the ego gets caught in in a certain place within that. But to uh, to join in together by guidance is a surrender into the field itself. It's a more yin aspect, but it doesn't mean you're not out there in the world creating for your family or any of that. I'm not suggesting that at all. As a matter of fact, you, you just you don't do what I did because I just jumped out of one paradigm into another paradigm to see if somebody would catch me. <laughs> and uh, thank God something caught me, you know, and I'm still here and I'm still, you know, in the community working with Grover the Elders because I'm on my uh, my, my way, uh, so to speak, uh, out of this dimension of reality. And uh, so as a community, we're uh, uh, modeling the, the, these different elements of our whole system. 
And you are as sharp as ever, Makasha. I just want to pause and presence you. You mentioned Shelly and Jan, and for our listeners that might have been out of context, Shelly, um, Dar- not Shelly, darling, Shelly Ostroff and Jan um, Golding have been working with Codes for a Healthy Earth, and you can find out their work at codes.earth. We've been co-creating. You gave a great example, Uh Makasha, you and Catherine and and Jan and Shelly and I are co-creating and now we're working toward the world water law. So you could find that all world water law and the codes on codes for a healthy earth codes dot earth. We have about five minutes left, Makasha, and maybe you want to say a little bit more about the world water law and and really coming together to co-create around these codes for healthy earth. Well, we had the opportunity, Julie, last night to, uh, you know, do our Patreon uh, program. And uh, it was World Water Day, I think that's how we determined, uh, was being launched yesterday, too. So what we did was pull together using our Patreon platform with the people uh, that are part of that teaching and we brought this all in we did water ceremonies we poured water uh we, we you know we we did it ceremonially and uh and and brought people into understanding the depth of what it means to create an agreement field we can call it a water law but it's an agreement field for us to really garner and gather a momentum uh, to be able to bring the understanding that we're all responsible caretakers of, of the earth's waters and how, how do we protect them? How do we really support the, the awareness that water is a living being that is in our every cell of our being? And how do we really garner that and bring people into understanding we got to take responsibility from a governance point of view or to be able to inspire others to join in with us uh, in this movement that water is for all. And, and, and we've got to stand in that knowing that water is life and it's, it's, it's our, it's our breath that brings it into our awareness of this love, you know, creating, you know, the, the matrix of, water law itself and and uplift it give it give it energy so julie you can share more about that at some time you know really those that are interested because we're we're mobilizing now like we've done over 50 years of mobilizing key elements that are needed now in terms of our survival it's at some level you know to at least give us a a way to really be able to hold you know, water in our lives and what do we, how do we perceive that and how do we pray with it and how do we shower with it and drink it and, and really be in gratitude and thanksgiving for what, uh, you know, uh, what we're given in life that's, that's free, but yet, uh, you know, it's being compromised. So I hope that helps, uh, Julie, just a little bit of our understanding that we did Everybody took uh, uh, water back because we did it ceremonially uh, to honor the water, to pray on the water, and to be able to initiate, you know, the Patreon expression going out into the world to support the world water law. 
Mm. That's beautiful. I I know your beautiful land there, and I can imagine how gorgeous it was for you to to do that ceremony on the land. Mm. Makasha, we have like maybe a minute or so for maybe just some closing words for you. What do you want to say that to that maybe you haven't had a chance to say, but that can really inspire and uplift all those listening right here, right now? Well, I would say, uh, you know, the the greatest thing that one can do is to love. And going through that eye of the needle of loving of self uh, and being able to, you know, really honor oneself because we are in such self-judgment. I mean, and and to love thy neighbor to the values of compassion, especially through these times, you know, it's hard to take in, you know, the cruelty, you know, that's inside of our collective uh, psyche, and uh, and yet to pray for those that are also the abuser. I know Arnold Patton uh, years ago, back in the '70s, did a workshop. He was an attorney, and uh, he. Uh, had a law, he said, when we can become as compassionate for the abuser as the abuse, that's when the whole energy will change. So it's forgiveness and love and to understand we were brought into this, these cultures to transform it. And there's you all out there that are listening are warriors and warrioresses on the path of conscious evolution. So I would say to take responsibility for you know, your lives in a way that allows for uh, some sense of of, of uh, goodness can happen, which feels good, <laughs> you know, and support others in that way. Come together, find your tribe, find your people, join together in values and, and in agreements about how we're going to steward the next thousand years or however we look at it. Because this is critical for that foundation to be put into place, and that's what we're doing here at Hummingbird. That's what we're doing with our work out in the world, with our youth organization. We're we're holding the heart open, and we're loving our way all the all the way home. Mm, there you have it, holding our heart open and loving all the way home. Beautiful words, Makasha. I am in such gratitude and thanksgiving for you. Thank you for being here and inspiring all of our listeners here today. No, you're welcome, Julie. It's an honor. And remember, Makasha encourages us. The work isn't outside, it's inside. So be that love. Hold your heart open and keep that path moving forward. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together we're creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.